Hello, you're listening to the Bonded Books Podcast, where we discuss books, fight over book boyfriends, and the lack of filter is a family trait. If you're lucky, you might even hear one of our dogs barking in the background. Because hey, if we have to deal with them, then so do you. We hope to dazzle you with our discussion while not being hurtful to the authors we feature. Success not guaranteed. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Good morning, honey. How are you feeling? Very stuffy. <laughs> is it change of the weather stuffiness or is, are you sick? No, I've I've got to be sick. Oh, no. I woke up yesterday morning and my throat was hurting. I actually like woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, wow, my throat hurts really bad. Great. I went, went back to bed. Felt like not great yesterday, but oh. not like... Today, now I'm full-blown, like, congested. I apologize for how many times I'm probably going to have to pause this episode so I can blow my nose or sneeze. And all of the mouth breathing I'm going to be doing this episode (laughs) because I can't breathe through my nose at this point. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It's super hot. Yeah. (laughs) I guess we're not going to the art show tomorrow. If I wake up tomorrow and for some reason I'm, like, miraculously better, then I say, we can go but at this rate yeah i don't don't, know i don't yeah all right maybe i'll just go without you so anyway so i wanted to record today because i was worried you know when you're got a cold usually it starts in your head and then it moves to your chest yeah if i'm got nasal congestion i could still power through but if it goes to my chest and i'm coughing a bunch and my voice is even more effed up then you know waiting probably would be bad so that's why this morning i was like let's just get it over with not because i don't like this book but mostly because i'm trying to beat the clock or my immune system at this point (laughs) yeah and god knows we don't want to disappoint all those listeners out there our fans (laughs) (laughs) yes exactly Mm-hmm. We should just get into it then because I don't want you to, you should have got a cup of hot tea or a cup of hot water. You know, it's really good to sip on warm water when you're not feeling good or in general every day. It's good for you. Yeah, I didn't do that. The only thing I did do was I just took some Advil because my head was starting to hurt because I've been blowing my nose so much. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's great. All right. <laughs> well, then let's talk about this book so you can go back to resting. I'm going to go back to embroidering after this. I'm like really enjoying that embroidery I got for Christmas themed. Yeah. yeah, yesterday I I am like manic ever since we fixed my office up. I worked on my angel dolls and then I embroidered and then I crocheted and then I finished my painting and I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? That's more than I do in a week. So many crafts, so little time. Right. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. And this morning before uh, you text me to get started, I was trying to figure out your grandmother's computerized sewing machine. I'm like, good God, you need a PhD to work this thing. I just want to do a freaking straight stitch and figure out how to reverse and how to do a gathering stitch. So I'm either going to have to find a sewing machine place and see if I can take it in 
and have them show me how to use this contraption. Or when you're feeling better, maybe you can come over because you're better at figuring things out than me. I have the attention span of a gnat. And if I don't get it in 10 minutes, I I seriously just pinned the legs on the doll and said, well, I'm just going to start sewing and see what happens. <laughs> okay. Well, it has legs now, but you know, I, I, <laughs> I didn't know how to reverse the stitch. And I was like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do when I have to do their dresses. And it's all right. So it's okay. I can come over and help you Google how to work the sewing machine because I don't know how to use a regular sewing machine. I don't know how I'm going to help you with a fancy sewing machine. Well, I ordered a, an instruction book on Amazon. So I do mm. have an instruction book. Okay. Um, I'm actually becoming more and more of a fan of YouTube. I know it's only taken me, what, 20 years since YouTube came out. Yeah. I don't use YouTube. I don't like it. I think the app is not user-friendly at all. But I've been trying to figure out these different stitches for embroidering. And so I've been Googling how to do different stitches because sometimes reading the instruction book for me doesn't really help me because I'm more of a visual learner. Mm -hmm. So if I can Google it, then I can see somebody's uploaded a YouTube video on how to do that certain stitch. Even today, this morning, I was trying to do the back stitch, which is a simple stitch. But when I was reading the instructions before I started, I was like, I don't know what the fuck she's saying here. Let me look it up. Yeah. So big fan of the YouTube videos for educational reasons. Well, I I don't remember there's a camera on my phone less much less think to go to YouTube. Because every time I remember there's a camera on my phone, it's like a whole new, I'm like, oh yeah, there's a camera on my phone. So exciting. Oh my gosh. No, I just go to Google. And usually the first thing that pops up is YouTube video. I can't search through the YouTube app. Don't ask me how to do it. I don't know how. I know how. Oh, um, well, then you've got one up on me. And then I was, when I was crocheting the other day, I was like, I wonder if Rachel would want to learn how to crochet. Yeah, I've done like little things like a long time ago. I remember doing little squares. I don't remember that. Did I teach you how to do that? God, I'm such a good mom. <laughs> or did yeah. you YouTube it? No, definitely. I don't think YouTube existed when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, uh, I'm making a hat. And uh, the talk about the instructions being I have to rewrite the instructions because they're complicated. So I can mm -hmm. follow them. I'm like, I just keep losing my place. But anyway, yeah, if you ever want to learn, let me know. Okay. So uh, I am looking forward to talking to you about this book. It's called Stalked by the Kraken, a monster romance in the Monstrous Matches series by Lillian Lark. And I found this book for better or worse, we'll see what you think. And I've not read this author before. And I thought we should shake it up a little because I've never read a paranormal romance about a Kraken. And I just had way too many questions on how this all, the logistics of how this would work. I was a little worried going into this book because I haven't read a Kraken romance either. Mm hmm and so I fully expected him to be a Kraken the entire time. Maybe that's the alien sci-fi romance reader in me. Yeah. So I was expecting him to always be a Kraken. And I was like, hmm, interesting. I don't, 
I don't know how that would work. No, I didn't but, think that because I was thinking it, she has, he has to be a human, have a human form because she would drown. If she's a human. Okay. That was another thing I thought that, <laughs> that she's drowning. How they, yes. How would they have all their sex in the water if he's a Kraken and he's always in the water? Like you're saying he's more like a shifter because he has a human form mm -hmm. and then he also has his Kraken form, which I totally did not expect going into this book, but I was pleasantly surprised that he was able to be both a uh, human yeah. and Kraken and at times literally both at the same time. Yeah. And believe me, we do find out how he's able to have sex in the water in his <laughs> partial form. The book starts out with a prologue where we meet someone named Gideon who is waiting to meet with an informant. He's waiting in a restaurant. He has a business partner, I guess, whose name is Mace. And we find out that Mace is a demon. We also find out that Gideon is an ancient being that's been around. He's an immortal, basically. He's been around forever. He's staring at this guy sitting across from him in this booth who's supposed to give him information. And the guy is basically a scumbag, but he owes Mace a favor. So he owes his business partner a favor. So Gideon agreed to meet with the man and the guy is giving him information. Gideon meeting with this informant was the first thing I highlighted in my book. Oh, so <laughs> because I thought it was hilarious. Oh yeah. So the guy sits down at the like coffee shop table <laughs> He has to say like the code name or mm -hmm. the, the secret password to make yes. sure that this is actually the person he's supposed to be meeting with. Mm -hmm. So it, he says, Moby Dick. <laughs> and Gideon thinks, I want to roll my eyes at the code name Mace has routinely inflicted on me in the past century of our dealings. Mm -hmm. Instead, I incline my head in acknowledgement. I should be grateful that this code name hasn't been used for probably a decade. His other favorites are Ahab, Flounder, <laughs> and when he's feeling especially feisty, Calamari. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I. this book really had me after the prelude i was like I, i'm into this book i have a really good feeling it's going to be interesting me too i think because definitely was not what i thought it was gonna be right and i think the author was very clever in leaning into certain things like yes he's a kraken but his job basically is a treasure hunter mm -hmm. which i thought was really cool what was my next highlight it was when they're also in the coffee shop well oh you get there yeah i don't know if you're going to talk about when he meets her but the yeah that's what it is so you go ahead first okay so gideon is a treasure hunter he's trying to track down some secret auction that's going to be happening and the informant tells him that it is going to be held in this antique storefront and the storefront is next door to a bathhouse and that was another thing i was like oh a bathhouse i haven't heard about a bathhouse since the 80s so <laughs> i'm thinking okay and then i started thinking i, I actually visited a bathhouse <laughs> wow yeah with somebody i was like wow 
Wow. Mm. Was it like the bathhouse in this book? Are they all like that? I wasn't. I won tickets at a... What the fuck? I I won tickets at a bar that was... There were male strippers there. I won these tickets. My boyfriend and I went. It was next door to the strip bar. And there, (laughs) there probably were cameras in there. I don't even know. I didn't even think to look for cameras. But... Yeah, it's like you go in. Do we want to have this conversation online? (laughs) Uh, This story gets fucking wilder and wilder, but you could just keep it generic. Is it our bathhouse is basically like what this bathhouse is in the book? Okay. There's benches in there to quote unquote sit on. And. There's a hot tub in the room and you lock the door and you, you know, it's an opportunity to have sex in a freaking bathhouse in a hot mm, tub. If, okay. you don't, if you don't have one at home. Interesting. All right. I did not see this story ever coming out. Sorry. I've never heard this story before, but it's very fitting that I, <laughs> that you, this has given you the opportunity to share. <laughs> Thank God. Well, God knows how I wanted to share that. But I really (laughs) totally forgot about that whole chapter of my life until I started reading this book and they started talking about a bathhouse. And I was like, oh my God, I actually was at a bathhouse. That's all right. That's hilarious. Okay. I'm glad I could make your day. Now, can I talk about how? Yes. Yes, please. Okay. So they're in the coffee shop, which like you said, is across the street from the bathhouse and the whatever mystery location, antique shop, right? Yeah, it's an antique shop. So when they're in there, I liked how this was described when he first sees her. The door to the coffee shop opens again. The sound somehow reaches me over the noise of the espresso machine and the clinking of glass. The pull in me is instant. It's as if a strong current sweeps through my chest and my body turns. A blaze of fire and light catches my eye. My whole being freezes, as stunned as a fish to a lure. The ancient creature (laughs) in me stirs past the point of wakefulness, past the point of reason, where there is only need and hunger. Mine. I ah! love that. I highlighted that also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's looking at this woman that enters the store, and he thinks to himself, never in my immortal life have I felt this demand. Lovers and friends have come and gone, but the primal part of me has never had this reaction. This is how a first meeting should be written. It was so good. And experience. I was thinking, why can't somebody walk in or I walk in place and someone have this reaction to me it would be Mm -hmm. awesome he even checks himself a little bit when he's doing this because he thinks my woman and then he shakes his head and he goes gideon you can't just claim people as yours on site. This is a civilized society that mm-hmm. requires things like courting and discussion before claims can be made. Mm-hmm. And he watches an interaction between, quote unquote, his woman and <laughs> a couple of other women that are waiting for her, right? And oh, he- yeah, that's that's right. She walks in and then I think two of her friends meet her at the coffee shop. Yeah, and he realizes that she's a witch. One of the women is a demon. Yes. 
And one of her friends is named Catherine, which we learn more about later. And I'm sure there's a book about her. We also find out that he's able to camouflage himself. Yeah, I thought that was cool because kind of like an octopus, right? I think an octopus can kind of change how they look. Finds out the woman's name is Rose and he thinks that's a perfect name for her because of her smell. There's a part in the just the first prologue that says the greedy instinct of my creature usually occurs with riches, fine metals, and gems. Treasure hunting provides just enough adventure, but I've never hunted a mate before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is how he starts stalking her. Yes. He's of course is drawn to shiny objects and he looks over all of the jewelry that she's wearing he loves the fact that she's wearing shiny things she is wearing a lot of jewelry too i think she has earrings a necklace bracelets Mm -hmm. she's got all the things so anyway the other women don't notice him because he's doing the camouflage oh and one of the women i guess is named wanda and we'll find out about her later too i think all of that happens in the prologue yeah it does and then we, we start the book Okay, yeah, so it was a really good start to the book. Oh, and we also find out in the prologue, because he's listening to everything, that Rose really likes decorative paper. One of her friends is telling her that there's a place, we should go to this store, there's washi tape, which is a decorative Japanese paper. They know that Rose is into collecting paper. She likes to draw on pretty paper. So he's listening to all of this. He's getting some good intel on her. And then we start into the book with Rose. It starts in the chapter and uh, she feels like she can tell someone's watching her, but every time she turns around there's nobody there i liked how the stalking portion of the book actually didn't last very long yeah because he reveals himself pretty quickly we find out a little bit more about the bathhouse this was kind of a clever use of a location so it's the love bathhouse it's a family-run business says that the business needs sex to turn a profit Mm-hmm. because basically what happens is uh, Rose is a matchmaker. Mm-hmm. So she will make matches for people that want her services and she doesn't accept money for payment. But instead what she asks is that if your match is successful, that you come to the bathhouse, you have a couple of intimate sessions, they say, in the bathhouse and then the bathhouse absorbs whatever magic you're releasing through your sexual experience mm-hmm. and then they as the bathhouse use that for other witchy things they use it for spells they sell it to other people because it's raw magic that you get from sexual acts so i thought yeah. that was all very clever and very cool i did too and the storefront looks like it's a video rental location and th- they have a spell on the building so the only individuals that enter the bathhouse are magical individuals and we meet some more people in her life we meet lowell who is is her cousin and Jard, who is her brother, find out that her parents retired and moved to the coast and they left the business to her and her brother. Catherine walks in, who was her friend, and even though brother doesn't participate 
in having sex in the bathhouse, you can tell by reading that there's something going to happen between Catherine and Jarred, that they're drawn to each other. And Catherine is actually a regular and she we find out she's a succubus. Yeah, I liked all of that. Oh, we also find out that Rose is a matchmaker in the process that she uses to do her matches. I mean, she does a couple different things, but what she does really rely on is something called soul threads. So she can see them. Yeah, this was all so interesting to me and so different. Brand new take on everything. And I really like that she can see soul threads in people. And by their pattern, I guess she can see who goes, who belongs with who. Yes. So she says she sees soul threads constantly and has an uncanny memory for their patterns and their movement. Everyone has a different pattern. The very being of their soul reaches in one direction or another, dancing in the ether. Some even just plain reach for what they desire. Those are the easy matches. Mm-hmm. So she uses the soul threads. She does actually ask the people questions yeah. to kind of... Mm-hmm. She's got a whole system she uses in like a mathematical... She can tell like oh this is a 50 percent this is a 70 percent how good her matches are going to be and she's very successful and good at what she does yeah except right now she's going through a very difficult time because she's starting to doubt her ability to find these matches and her cousin's telling her you know you were only off one time and he says is it the jackson incident so we don't find out right away what the jackson incident is so it kind of piques your curiosity to find out what that is what happened that the match went wrong and why is she doubting herself yeah i liked how that wasn't revealed right away either Mm -hmm. because for a good portion of the book i'm trying to figure out which couple she set up that ended up in disaster we yeah, do find out eventually, too. but mm-hmm. for now, we just know she's doubting herself because she had something she thought was going to be a very high percentage match and it ended up not working. Second guessing everything she does. What happens next? I'm trying to think of what. So Lowell tells her, you know, that that guy, that person was an asshole and you shouldn't base your ability just on one incident. The thing that I have next, or at least that I did, was when Gideon enters the bathhouse. Okay, we can go to that. Wait, can I say this, one thing first? Because I can say yeah. we can go to that, but I'm lying to you because I liked this also. <laughs> okay. So there's a woman that walks in and she's really put together and she ends up looking at her. Rose looks at her and thinks well, she has a really unique soul pattern. She has gold threads that are stretching into the world. And she's like, she's got some kind of wings, but it's not a seraphim. And the woman's energy feels feral. And then she says, I've never met a harpy before. So this harpy walks in, meets Rose, and she says, are you Rose Love? And she's all, is that actually your last name? We find out a little bit about that. The harpy's name is Sophia. Sophia starts asking questions. And that's how we learn about the bathhouse. She's saying, is the bathhouse for? And she kind of, her thought trails off as she's looking around. And she says, hosting consensual sex acts between two or more adults, says her cousin. He's explained to the harpy that we provide either a public or a private room for sexual acts. We don't take money. We absorb raw magic. And Mm -hmm. Sophia's all kinky. And then (laughs) Lowell's response is, 
kinky public groups are currently on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. <laughs> the sodomy group is on Saturdays and has become very popular. But it's suggested that you BYOP bring your own partner for that. So I thought that was funny that they, he explains the different kinds of things that they offer. That was pretty funny. And I totally forgot about her engine with the harpy. Yeah, because she becomes a, we learn more about her in the book too. Rose thinks to herself, she would be a challenge to match. And the harpy's like, oh no, I'm not interested in being matched. I'm just asking uh, for a friend. She was asking for a friend and we find out who that friend is. Yes. Okay. So that's when, go ahead, Gideon walks in, right? It turns out the friend was Gideon. She mm -hmm. was doing some recon for Gideon. Okay. Sophia, she does like, um, what do you like investigator type stuff so she's kind of in the book a couple times and i liked her character can you hold on a second you're yes sounding kind of twangy okay i don't know what's happening okay one second let's see let's see i unplugged my microphone and plugged back does it sound better no it's still twanging before we talk about gideon going walking in we talked about the demon not the demon the the harpy meeting with gideon and explaining to him because he's worried that jard's a guy that's interested in her mm -hmm. so the harpy tells explains the whole business thing to him the next thing we find out is that jard is comes into Rose's office and tells her, I've been running the numbers a lot of times, but we've been lower than expected on raw magic in the last couple of months. We're going to have to change something or we're not going to be able to fulfill. I guess they sell this magical energy. So they have commitments to buyers. And if something doesn't happen soon, they're not going to be able to fill, fulfill their commitments. He says, the only difference that I can notice is that you're not making as many matches as you normally have. And it's because she's worried. And he tells her, I'm going to, I'll look into it further to find out what happens, but you really need to make more matches. So not only is she worried that her matches aren't as correct as they should be or how how correct they were in the past, but now she's worried that she's affecting the business as a whole because she's not making matches. So now it's spiraling on top of issues and she's blaming herself for everything going wrong with the family business, basically. Yeah, her brother's being nice, though. He just tells her, you know, I would appreciate it if you would really try to make more matches. And she just nods. And then, then what happens? Do you want to say what happens? Or do you want me to read what I... I was just going to say how she describes him. I like... Yeah, go ahead. Him. I want you to, yes, I wanted to make sure you didn't miss that. Go ahead. Okay, so when she sees him for the first time, this is how she describes him. Tall? Yes. And he does have dark hair, dark eyes too, but handsome is such a weak word. His face, his form isn't appealing, it's arresting. Mm -hmm. His present definition of a distraction. <laughs> and then I also highlighted how she describes how he smells. She says, he smells like the rain from outside. 
green things and salt. And I loved this description of how he smells because he basically smells like the ocean. Yeah. But instead of her just saying he smells like the ocean, you have to kind of piece it together that all of these things, the rain, the green things is probably seaweed, the Mm -hmm. salt. That was really good. Yeah. And then she thinks this man is not for me. Matching doesn't work for me. A perfect match is rare. And once a perfect match is found, there isn't much use in looking anymore. And when that perfect match rejects a partner question mark and then she's frowning because there's something that her brain it finally registers that the man in front of her doesn't have soul threads none that are visible to her anyway and i thought oh he doesn't have soul threads i thought the same thing i was like oh my god why not is it because he's this ancient creature mm-hmm. that was pretty cool so she's pretty like interested in him he comes to her and basically says i want to be matched she's like well I don't know if I can match you. I don't know if she tell she doesn't tell him about the soul thread thing. She just says it's going to be really hard to match you. He's like, oh, oh no, we don't need to have the initial meeting. We don't need to do all these things because you're the one I want to be my partner. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. So he just really lays it out there right away. And it's like, he doesn't tell her what he is. So she doesn't know yet that he's a Kraken. But he does come straight up and is like, I don't need to meet with you. I don't need you to match me. I already know you're the partner I want. Yeah. And I love this exchange because she's like, what? She's like, I don't like to enter into an agreement where we're matched. And she's like, I don't have sex with clients in exchange for magic. And he's like, oh, I offended you. I'm going about this wrong. And then he says, to her and I love this my nature is greedy <laughs> like oh yeah it is <laughs> yeah it is dude she thinks well many paranormal beings speak of the otherness as their nature and she's like what is this man he must be ancient from the amount of power coming off of him mm-hmm. yeah and he's like yes it wants what it wants and that's you I don't have anything highlighted after this interaction for the next 20 pages I don't know I was just too into reading it and I didn't yeah. highlight anything <laughs> well I certainly did yeah because the next thing I have is once she finds out what he actually is she's very confused as to why he wants her and he's like well why not you and she thinks she's kind of hurt by that she thinks I'm not special I'm just convenient she thinks to herself I've I'm already feel like the walking wounded that refuses to heal for months and she when he says that to her why not you and she thinks well he just wants her because she's convenient she goes I think we're done here and she turns around to walk away he's like well I listen to my instincts Rose and they've never let me wrong and she's like well the magic isn't meant to be a payment just a benefit oh this is the the first time he says to her and i really liked this too he said there are also some things you should you might consider undesirable things that i'd want to talk to you about things that may require the enticement of benefit i'm not in the habit of using sweet words little witch oh yeah he Mm -hmm. calls her little witch it's cute it's very cute and it's for whatever reason it's super hot 
<laughs> and then he thinks to himself, Rose said no, a normal man would be disappointed, but the rejection invigorates me. Oh, he's not detoured at all. He's the, very yeah, he's... determined. My next highlight must be after she finds out what kind of paranormal creature he is, because I have a couple highlights from when they are talking about, you know, him being a kraken. Yeah, because she says no, but he, he says, please take my card. And and eventually she can't stand it anymore because she is super attracted to him. She calls him mm -hmm. and then they have this conversation. So go ahead. So he tells her that he's a Kraken. She's kind of like, oh, my, I don't think she's never met a Kraken before. So she says, I'm sorry I've been quiet, I whisper, head full of thoughts of whether I find tentacles desirable or not. How would that even work? Oh, no, I'm like freaking out at this point. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. She puts her finger up and she's like, just give me a minute. Because yeah. she's trying to figure <laughs> she's this out. <laughs> Yeah, and he takes her on a date. He She's like kind of wooing her, yes. Yeah, he, she says, when you say Kraken, are we talking about a giant octopus that sinks ships? She's, her mind is reeling and mind right along with it. So this leads into another highlight I have. Okay. He tells her, my other form is of shipwrecking size. And <laughs> if we explore that in our intimacy, you won't have to worry about that scale. I am more magic than anything else. So everything will be size appropriate for the function. <laughs> then she thinks the function of fucking. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I don't think I've ever read this in a book before. He tells her like other shifter types partial shifting during sex is incredibly pleasurable for my kind. Yeah, that was I highlighted different. that. He says to her, well, the question is whether it would be desirable to you. If not, I can keep my parts to myself if you hate the idea. And she thinks, tentacles? And then she just says, I'm not saying no because I'm not. Because they say multiple times in this book, which I liked, there's no shame in the sex act. There is no shame in the bathhouse. They're accepting of everything. Yes, they're very sexually open. This is obviously the business they're in is sex. So she hesitates not because she thinks it's gross or wrong, but only because she's never done that before. And I guess she's never thought of it before, maybe. So she's kind of intrigued. I highlighted where they're on their date because he takes her out on a date first so they can talk and they go to a museum. I thought it was funny because... They're looking in the cases and reading, you know, the descriptions and she sees a, an assortment of coins that are covered in a patina and the coins are on display that were pulled from a Spanish ship that was wrecked in the 1600s. And she looks at Gideon and goes, something you need to confess to me. <laughs> and he, he gets real quiet and he says, perhaps going to a museum for a date was a mistake. And she's like, oh no, I was just joking. Okay, so what's the next thing you you had highlighted okay the next thing i have highlighted is when they actually start their arrangement so basically their physical relationship starts because she agrees to have three sessions with him in the bathhouse 
mm-hmm. for the magic aspect of it. And she thinks that he only wants her for the sex. He obviously wants her for longer because he had those instant mine thoughts, but he's not trying to scare her away. Yeah, I he's guess trying this to was take a compromise. It, yeah, he's trying to take it slow because he's terrified he's going to, he already knows in his mind, she's going to be his mate. My other half has decided I don't want to do anything to scare her. So I'm trying to go as slow as possible without going too slow. Which is funny because his version of taking it slow is to not talk about the emotional stuff. It's to go straight to the physical sex. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Let's talk about this. So they get in the room at the bathhouse and she's for, she thinks to herself oh I forgot how much I missed this I I really miss this and he is the guy to get me out of my slump I guess mm-hmm. and so they take off their clothes there's spells she thinks that are already set in the room but the, how they started is they light a candle one on each there's three candles they each light a candle and then the middle candle they light together and so by doing that that is their consent to enter this agreement and the agreement to let their magic be used this book is very big on consent and permission and all those things of course it's a bathhouse so there is that water feature in the room i did like this because this is very true she says I don't have an interest in getting fucked in water. Lubrication is usually lacking for that. (laughs) Thank you. Gideon raises an eyebrow. We'll put that on the not today list. She responds, (laughs) how about the never list? And he Mm. says, you might feel differently when it comes to tentacles and her face flushes. And she goes, oh, and he responds, which you can reject at any time. No questions asked. Mm-hmm. I care about your experience, Rose. Woo! I loved it. I did too. This whole thing, I was like dying to find out how they were going to do this. And also didn't want to know because I'm like, tentacles? Good God. This was very hot and well done, I think. Because they start having sex. He's in his human form. She's a little distracted because she's too much in her head and she's thinking, thinking about the last relationship she was in the last time she's been intimate with other people and he can tell that she's not focusing so he tells her stop thinking about anyone else rose his Mm. tone borders on feral Mm -hmm. you're mine i'm the one inside you and she responds then fuck me like no one else does give me more of you gideon shift yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) oh So he does, and then it says, Things wrap around my thighs and immobilize me, keeping me spread as the unforgiving hardness of Gideon's cock changes. Softer, smoother, sliding into me and moving in a way that tickles before the pressure starts. Oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. It stops. Mm -hmm. And I loved how when she's instantly having this reaction, he stops. Yeah. Because he's constantly checking on her. Yeah. And thinking, okay, well, she said for me to shift, but now I did and she's not really liking it. So I stop and he checks with her. Then he can do some very interesting things with his tentacle penis. It says later on what the term is for his tentacle peen. I can't remember what it was. She starts asking him and he's like, you want an anatomy lesson (laughs) uh, about a kraken right now? 
She's yeah. like, well, can can you release fluids from it? Is it detachable? I saw the <laughs> Discovery Channel once, and he just shakes his head back and forth, not looking at her. It was <laughs> fucking so funny. She's like, maybe I should have had this conversation with him before, but in the heat of the moment, she's just really thinking about all these things. It was really funny and a good way to break up the, yes. the tension. He keeps referring to her in his mind as a treasure, which I also really liked, and he says to her, you are a wonderer. And she's like, oh, there's no sarcasm in his words. For all of the worrying I did about your reaction, I didn't expect that kind of question. So, Oh, the, it's a- called a cephalopod? Yeah, yeah. We find that out later in the book because they do have a conversation about octopus anatomy. <laughs> oh, my God. I learned a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This was a little different with him having a tentacle for a penis because she talks about how it twists and drags and how she could feel the suckers. I don't know if I would... That seems a little weird too. I wouldn't want to feel the sucker thing. Like That seemed weird. But I mean, it it read kind of hot on the page. (laughs) Yeah, because apparently those suckers work really well on a clit. Oh, I'm sure they do. (laughs) Well, they talk about it in the book. Mm -hmm. And he says to her, has anyone told you that you're remarkably adaptive and brave, Rose? Oh, he was so sweet throughout the entire book. Next thing I have was a gift that he gives her because even though they're having their sessions in the bathhouse, he's still courting her to take her on dates and do things with her. Mm -hmm. I really liked the gift that he gives her. I did too. Yeah. But I have to, I know what I was going to say before all this shit hit the fan. <laughs> While he's there in the water and his he's using his tentacle, I'm thinking maybe this is why the book was so, we accept ev- anything, we're really open, blah, 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 because I'm like, this is really bizarre. But I'm also thinking, you know, at one point he thinks to herself, oh, he's, I feel so much pressure and he's, you know, more and more in her. You're the JJ is only so long. And then you're hitting a cervix and that is not comfortable. Maybe because it twists and turns and it's not a straight shot. I, I don't know, but I'm thinking he can only get in her so much. And then I don't know, maybe it's like giving birth. I have no idea, but all I could think of is, It's not like he can get past that cervix and fill up her uterus with all of this. I don't know. Freaked me out. Pictured it twisting and turning because at one point he does try to stuff a lot of his tentacle into for Mm. lack of better words. And (laughs) I spent way too much time in it and imagining how this would go down. (laughs) Yeah, I did too because I I wanted to kind of figure it out. I wanted to be okay with it. He does come in her. Mm -hmm. But he tells her, you know, I have never had a child and I'm afraid I'm sterile. And if you want to have kids, I was just having sex. He's very open with her. So he gives her two fountain pens and he says, I custom ordered the pieces in the early 1900s made with pink marble and gold. One is a serviceable thinner pen kept plain except for some gold decorating the naturally occurring veins. The other is the showpiece with small octopus shapes inlaid in white and gold that spiral around the body of the pen. Each shape set with an emerald eye. The cap and the end have engraved gold octopuses. I love 
loves his gift because he knows that she really values her paper mm-hmm. and her pens and it's part of the magic she uses when she match makes her version of her treasures and her hoard so he gives her a gift that she would actually really appreciate it was really cute and it had yeah. on it of course of course i loved it and she loved it and then i think the next thing that happens is we do find out what happened with the jackson incident mm-hmm. i have one I- I have one thing highlighted from when she sees Jackson again oh, I hate for him. the first time in a long time. That's mm-hmm. the, the match that she made that didn't go well was a match that she made for herself yeah. with that guy. And he broke up with her. I really liked how she was getting over that relationship. And this quote was really good. She thinks, looking at the man who broke my heart, now all I can see is how shallow his presence is mm-hmm. that was good yeah because he told her at one point that she wasn't her his family would never approve of her and he couldn't marry her he wanted to keep her hidden and he i think they never had dates right they only ever met at the bathhouse yeah yeah he's a scumbag he is totally a scumbag and you know her bro i love the fact that her when he walks in he looks like shit and her brother comes in and is just livid that the guy's in the house is like what are you doing here get out you're never allowed to be back in here i just loved it that the brother stepped in and she thought to herself i wonder what gideon would do if he walked in because i guess she told gideon a little bit about what happened and he wants to kill this guy then the next thing i think that happens is that Lull shows up with the woman, Sophia, from yesterday. She was the harpy. And he tells Rose that they caught her with a camera in one of the rooms. And that is not allowed. This this part was great because Sophia, like I said, is the private investigator. Uh Uh-huh. And so she's basically in the bathhouse again because she's trying to catch what she thinks is a cheating spouse. Once they find out which room she was in, I guess, Mm -hmm. they tell her, oh no, Mr. and Mrs. (laughs) So-and-so, they actually like to role play and they like to get caught Mm -hmm. and seen. So they are basically punking you. Yeah. And they're not actually cheating. They just want you to be in on this act, but you don't know the full story. So she gets really pissed off because she has a reputation to maintain as a private investigator. Instead of telling the council or really punishing her, they decide that they're just going to ban her from the bathhouse. And that actually makes her very happy because she's like, oh, well, um... I'm like a a new PI and so like I'm getting banned from this very well-known bathhouse like for my reputation right (laughs) yeah she says like super loud as she walks out the door like okay I'll never see you again because I'm not allowed in here Yeah, but she does tell them, you know, let me do you a favor before I leave my kind is sensitive to magic and there's a wall in the main bathhouse that she touched and it was pulling magic really hard and it sapped her really quickly and I didn't think that's the kind of operation that you want here and then there Rose is livid and Lowell is mad and they need to tell 
her brother Jared because she realizes it's not her inability or her slowing down on matches that's causing their numbers to go down like they had suspected. It's the fact that the wards are maybe not working. They need to reset them. That's when she calls her brother and lets her brother know what's going on. I loved how this mystery unfolded because Mm -hmm. I totally thought it was her the whole time too. I never thought there was something wrong with the bathhouse when the harpy reveals that there's something wrong with the bathhouse. And that's, I guess that's why they don't tell the authorities on her. They just let her leave with the band. Then they have to do their investigating. They call in the guy that did the wards for them originally. And there's a really cute interaction between that guy and Lowell. So Mm -hmm. they have a book in the future. Yeah, I'm sure they do too. Yeah. Yeah, they were super cute together with all their tension. Now they're trying to investigate what's wrong with the bathhouse. And this is when they just happen to drop, and it's very little information, but they drop the fact that magical people are disappearing. There's missing persons. Gideon is waiting for Rose to wrap up her business, but when he overhears this, he gets very concerned that it's in the same city as his mate. I know. I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and it says the topic of missing people in the paranormal community is one that causes a shiver to race down the back of even those born after the line of council was created. He's very concerned about, you know, Rose being around this happening, and Rose is concerned, Jared's concerned about the drain of energy from the building. There was not too much of this side suspense mystery stuff going on. There was just enough to keep you interested mm-hmm. and then also give you a little bit more of the harpy a little bit more of lol and that other person and we also get to see some of jared and the friend Catherine. i think was her name right <coughs> the succubus yeah, the succubus so this is a good way for us to see a lot of the side characters and potential couples in this series which i really liked and this is when rose confronts gideon because it's obvious that gideon knows sophia and she's like is there something you want to tell me and he just tells her everything i'm tracking down an amulet for a client the client had it stolen there's supposed to be an auction that's supposed to be legit um but the artifacts at the auction may have a false provenance and that's how they're selling this happen at the same time we get two chapters that are basically in parallel time periods we see Mm -hmm. stuff happening with gideon and then the next chapter is in rose and it basically says at the same time with rose Mm -hmm. so at the same time they're all coming to the same realization as to who's behind the auction what's actually happening and that person turns out is linked to the issues with the bathhouse Mm -hmm. so it all ties together very well Okay, so let's just get right into it. They end up finding out that the auction is not um, legal. It's illegal. They're the ones selling these paranormal people. And this all comes out after Rose goes bursting in there. And Gideon's like, what are you doing here? She ends up messing with the soul threads of the person responsible And she's exhausted after that. So Gideon ends up taking her back to her house. And that's when everything comes out when she finally wakes up. 
after being exhausted that he had been stalking her. That's how he knew where she lived. He tells her he loves her. She tells him, I love you too. He tells her that he can't have children. And she said, that's okay. We'll figure it out. He claims her, right? At this point. Yes. I left how it all wrapped up nicely. I did too. It's all, everything works out. I think it's great. Are we going to just go to rating it? Yes. Let's just go to rating it, I guess. I The whole thing was very sweet. I really liked how it ended. A lot of technical issues on my end. So yes, mm-hmm. let's rate it and then try okay. to wrap up. I, I would give this like four and a half wet panties because I loved Ian. Sweet the whole time. I loved that he was not always a dragon. He was really good at the consent and the check I also really liked Rose and how she dealt with getting over her old relationship. Mm-hmm. She wasn't overly emotional. She was very logical. I liked her friends that were helping her try to get through it. I did too. I loved this book. This book had me hooked seriously before the prologue was done. I'm like, this is going to be a great read. I'm so glad that we found it. I too would give this book four and a half very wet panties, even though there were tentacles involved. (laughs) I loved it. I definitely would read the other books that are in this series because I want to find out more stuff. And in fact, there's a couple of things I wanted to mention. There is a bonus epilogue for this book. If you go in to sign up for the author's newsletter, and you can get it just by clicking on the link that says stock. I did it. I read it. I thought it was good. And then there's also uh, information about the other book. The next book, I guess, is called Three of Hearts by Lillian Lark. And I'm just going to read this little blur because I thought it was great. It said, a wolf shifter, a demon, and a harpy all walk into hotel. It's not the start of a joke. It's a clusterfuck. And I thought, (laughs) this is going to be great. I was going to start the next book, but I ended up starting, you're not going to believe this, but I started reading The Savage Prince by Allison Ames. And she's, remember we did the thing about the Ruthless King, the Omegaverse? Uh Uh-huh. It's an Omegaverse book. Okay. And I started reading, it's about his brother. And I'm like, this book is freaking hot. So yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this book. And I was so hoping that you liked it because I I found it. And I was like, oh God, this tentacle thing is a little different. But I think it prepared me appropriately. So when they got <laughs> to the um the tentacle part, I was ready. Yeah, I really liked this off. Yeah, so I probably will read more of her stuff. And I think some of her stories are stories instead of these full-length novels which is even better yeah you just need to figure out what's going on maybe you need to call your internet provider and say hey why is this happening because i I bet it's an internet it totally is my internet and we are getting all those i don't know if they're doing it by your house but they're installing fiber optic internet in our neighborhood oh i can't wait i'm gonna bail like there's no tomorrow like i'm on fire that's how quickly i'm gonna bail yeah, we already he already signed up for it. So as soon as it goes live, we should be able to get it. Yeah, so just so people know, they 
they have only had one internet provider in this area for I don't know how long. And because they're the only ones, they're the ones that I've had a year and a half of issues with. And then it turned out it was their equipment. And it suddenly, uh, when I called about my bill and had a question, they're being super nice. And I'm like, why are they being super nice all of a mm -hmm. sudden and crediting me back money where before they wouldn't do it when I asked them to for all the lost time I had. And then come to find out because they're getting competition. So the book that we are making is called Monsters and Mistletoe, a Christmas monster romance anthology. Yeah, so we're each going to pick a story because your, your microphone is messing up. We're each going to pick a story in the book, and then we're each going to tell you guys what we thought about the stories in this book. Yes, I haven't yet, but yes, that's what we're I haven't either, because I've been plowing through this uh, Savage Prince book. All right, well, we'll probably end the episode yeah. while you can still hear me barely. Yes. <laughs> Sorry about the technical problems, but, you know, hopefully we'll get this all taken care of. Yes. We'll see. All right, people. <laughs> have a marvelous day and hang in there. All right. Bye. All right. Bye, honey. Thank you for listening to the Bonded Books Podcast. You can rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Our email is bondedbookspodcast at gmail.com and check the show notes for a link to all of our social media. Mm -hmm.